Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. We went down to the T.O. Ranch, and it was it's always an experience. Have y'all, have y'all seen all the pictures that we post on Facebook that have the cool little sayings on them and everything that some wise cowboy always puts on there? I guess not. <laughs> what about those stupid sayings that some <laughs> stupid cowboy puts on there? Most of them are, are Kara McMurtry's. Uh, she is rocking K-Bar photography, and man, I, I don't know what I wouldn't, what I would, I don't know what I wouldn't do without her. You can take that for however you want, Kara. I know she's watching. So, uh, no, we went down there and we had a great, uh, great time with Kara and Kenny Mack and uh, Abe and Jessica Fair, some of my uh, best friends in the world from. Uh, from the Tio Ranch, which is just uh, east of Raton, New Mexico. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful country. So when we went down there, right before we left, Kara, Kara had two requests. She needed some, some cowboy crack, and that is supposedly that peppermint mocha stuff that you put in your coffee. She couldn't find any, so she had me bring that and my saddle because Friday morning, uh, Kenny Mack needed some help moving some cows, and boy, you know I'm all about that. Of course, what I didn't ask is what time we was going to have to get up, because I don't like getting up before breakfast, you know what I mean, and, and you take that for whatever, I don't mind getting up early, I just don't want to get up before breakfast, so we're there, and we're watching tons of football, go Cowboys, and um, we're just fellowshipping and hanging out, lying to each other, telling each other crazy stories and everything, finally I look over and Kenny Mack says, hey, did you bring your saddle? I said, well, Dad, come right, I brought my saddle, Cowboy, he said, all right, and I said, I said, what time are we going to leave? He said, well, what time are we going to leave or what time do you need to get up? I said, well, what time? Because, you know, <laughs> to some cowboys, leaving and getting up are the same time. You know what I mean? You just kind of put your lid on and you just go. And Kenny Mack said, well, we'll get to headquarters about 5.30. And I'm like, all right, that's, that's about breakfast time. I'll handle that. He said, we'll be getting up about 3.30. And I was like, what? Jesus, I'm not. I, Jesus is catnapping at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm pretty sure. You know, because, oh, my gosh. No, not really. He's always awake, but still. He told me I was supposed to be asleep at 3 o'clock and 3.30 in the morning. And so, anyway, you know how it is when you get with some cowboys and cowgirls that you love. You're just visiting and talking and money, 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 money. And before we know it, we look up and it's 11 o'clock at night and I'm like, uh-oh. Because I don't need a lot of sleep, but I need about five to six hours, okay? Any less than five or six hours and I'm pretty worthless. And anything more than about eight and I just hurt all day. So anyway, uh, I finally, because I, I was sleeping on the couch, and everybody's in the living room, and I was like, oh my gosh, because I didn't want to wake my beautiful wife up, because she, she's a lot happier when she gets sleep. And so, you know, I, and I'm all about happy. I am all about happy. And so, anyway, I, I, I lay down on the couch, you know, and you know how it is whenever you're in a strange place, you know, you hear every noise and everything like that. Um, we, we've got a house that's got those radiant heaters, in it and everything, and all of a sudden some valve will open up and you'll hear all this water rushing in the bedroom. First four nights we was there, I paid my pants and jumped up and tried to fix a water leak. So anyway, I, that had nothing to do with anything, by the way. So anyway, I'm trying to go to sleep on the couch. I'm just, I'm just in my clothes that I'm going to wear in the morning because like I said, you know, just jump up, put your lid on and go. Well, Abe and Jessica have a one-year-old, uh, Hattie turned one-year-old on November 6th, I believe, and, and Hattie thought it was a good idea to get up about one o'clock in the morning. 
And she wanted everybody else up too. She, wah! Of course, you know, I didn't, no big deal. It didn't bother. I mean, I woke up, but it didn't bother me none. I mean, she's one, you know? I mean, I still do that sometimes. So, I mean, I'm only 24, and so she's got 24 more years of it. And so, anyway, she wakes up at one, and, and, and the entire house is an old, old adobe house. You know, walls are about that thick and everything. But they've got four boxer dogs. And two of them stay in the kennel, and two of them are left to protect and eat anybody that's not supposed to be there. And I was on the couch, which is crazy. And so Ranger and Pearl had to come check on me about every three or four minutes to make sure that I wasn't hurting anybody. And you could hear them big old claws, click, click, click. And I'd wake up every time they moved and everything. So needless to say, it wasn't that great of a night's sleep, especially whenever I went to sleep at 11. And so anyway, I had my phone my little iPhone uh, alarm turned on and everything to go off at, at 3.30. And all of a sudden, you remember, I mean, a lot of us use our phones now. We use our phones for everything. But you remember those old little alarm clocks that they sold at the Five and Dime that were the first digital ones that sounded like a smoke alarm whenever they went off? Well, that's what Kenny Mac had. Well, he didn't tell me that he's a snooze button hitter because at 2.50 in the morning... I hear this, and I come up out of bed, and I'm ready to fight a fire or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's just Kenny Mac's alarm. So I get up, and I start putting, you know, my lid on and putting my boots on. I didn't sleep in my boots. I put my boots on and everything like that, and then I look at my phone to turn my alarm off, and it's 2.50. So I sit there for the next 40 minutes until Kenny Mac gets up in the dark, me and a boxer staring at each other. Good boy. I'm not, I'm going to stay right here until Kenny gets up. So he gets up and everything, and we, he makes the coffee, and we sit there and everything like that. And then uh, we sit there, and we sit there, and finally he's like, well, I guess we better go feed them horses and get saddled up and everything. I was like, all right. So, you know, we go outside, and my saddle's in the back of my pickup, right? And, and there was a heavy frost, and there's about this much ice on it. And so I was like, I'm going to just get it. That ain't going to work. I, I quit already. I hadn't even got saddled up. I quit. But anyway, we got out there, and we go over there, and, and he got nice pins, man, nice pins. He flicks on the light, and there's Jake and Speedy. And Jake, if anybody's ever seen my uh, picture, that says, it has a picture of a horse standing sideways, and the horse is turning, and it's looking at you, and it says, I smile when I catch God watching me through the eyes of a horse. That's Jake. And so Jake is right there, and, and, and Kenny Mac separates them and puts Jake right here by the, by the tack room, and he puts Speedy over here in, in oblivion, in, in darkness, and feeds and everything. And, you know, sometimes if you've never been a cowboy at a new place or anything, you just get to thinking like, okay, uh, wh what, do I, what do I need to do? You know, because you don't want to ask dumb questions because you know how many times I've got up in the morning and went and gathered cattle, but I'm in a new place. People do things differently. And so I didn't want to ask a bunch of dumb questions. So what I did is I just watched what the boss, being Kenny Mack that morning, I just watched what Kenny Mack was doing. And I just kind of followed suit with whatever he was doing. And so we're standing there, and there, I mean, when I say lights, I'm talking about like a 40-watt incandescent bulb that, you know, shines from like here to the podium. And, and that's where Jake is standing. Mine is like over there near Lyman where there is no light and everything. And so I'm standing there, and I am trying not to go because I'm real cold. But I was keeping it in pretty good, and so... Anyway, Kenny reaches over there and he grabs this uh, curry comb and this brush and he goes over there and he don't tell me what to do because he's just that kind of cowboy. But he goes over there and he starts brushing his horse. So I look in this little, this little box deal and there's another brush. So I grab my brush and I go out the gate and I feel for my horse and I find my horse. 
I can't see nothing, but I'm brushing. Okay, because that's what you do when you're at a strange place. I'm brushing, I'm brushing, I'm brushing. And I can see Kenny Mack, and he gets done brushing, he goes in there and he gets his saddle blankets. Now, his horse is just sitting at a trough eating, and he puts his saddle blankets on. And I was like, he's not going to haul for that horse or nothing. And if I don't do the same, he's going to be waiting on me to saddle up and leave. And I know he's got this thing timed about right because I know where headquarters is and I know what time it is. So anyway, I kind of feel around and it feels like everything's good to go and I don't feel no sores or nothing like that. And Speedy's just sitting there eating. So I go in there and I put the brush and everything up and I grab these saddle blankets and I walk out there and I look for my horse and I find my horse and I find him and I go, and there's no horse there. Speedy was like, "Uh uh-uh. I ain't stupid. You just put like this much grain right there so you could saddle my butt. I ain't doing it. So I can bake. My eyes have adjusted because I'm half cougar, you know. And so my eyes have adjusted to the night vision and everything. And so I can see my horse. And so my spurs kind of clink whenever I walk. I ain't got no jingle bobs on them or nothing, but they kind of clink. And I don't want Kenny Mack to know I can't catch my horse. So I'm like, wow, wow. It's okay. And then you put the saddle blankets behind you like he don't know. <laughs> don't laugh, you've done it. Every stinking one of you's done it. It's like, whoa, so he's back at the feed trough now, right? So I get the blankets on him, and I'm like, I'm talking to him like, I ain't gonna ride you, buddy, it's just because it's a little cold out here. It's all, we're just feeding you in the morning, just concerned about you. Well, now I've got to go get my saddle. So I go in there, and I get my saddle, and I get this towel, and I wipe all the frost off of it and everything, and Kenny's still kind of saddling his horse. I get my saddle and I walk out there and I get to the trough and my horse ain't there no more. I'm like, crap, what am I going to do? So I set the saddle down in the trough next to the feed and I kind of find him and I get him hunkered back over there and I try to put the saddle on and I'm like, it's okay, just please, Speedy. And that's when you start praying, right? Like, dear God, just don't play. Oh God, oh, is it okay to call on the Holy Spirit to make this horse stand still? Because if that's okay, God, I'd like to have that right now. No horse, put the deal back in. Chase the horse around. Get over there. Because you don't want to look stupid on your first morning day working, right? So I get Speedy back up to the trough. And imagine if this was the trough right here. And Speedy is eating right here. And I got him turned where he couldn't go that way without jumping over the trough. And so he was turned like this, eating. So I get my saddle and I throw a leg up on the trough like this. So he can't go this way. And I'm blocking him from going this way. And I just kind of chunk my saddle up there and it lands. And I'm like, Whoa. So I get saddled up, and about that time, Kenny Mack comes. He's like, Speedy giving you any problems? I was like, no, nah, everything's good. Everything's good, Kenny Mack. <gasps> I got asthma already in the morning. We ain't even started gathering cattle yet. So anyway, I get him over there. It is still 5 o'clock in the morning. We get our horses all done, and I try to lead Speedy. And Speedy's like, they call me Speedy because I walk at a snail's pace. And it don't matter how hard you jerk on those reins. I'm going to walk this fast with his nose all the way out there like stretching his nose is going to make you, you know, oh, you wanted me just to stretch my nose out. I can do that all the way to the trailer. I know, kind of like those big guys that you call tiny, right? So anyway, we get him loaded up into the trailer. We get headed down the road. Man, life is good, man. Being a cowboy is one of the greatest blessings that some of us have ever done. We get to headquarters, and there ain't a light on. Anywhere. The stars were turned off at headquarters. Kenny Mack turns in a circle. He pulls up and he stops and he puts the emergency brake on and he goes, Buddy, I'm sorry. I'm thinking that they might have said 7 o'clock. That's all right, Kenny Mack, man. 
Now we're compadres, buddy. We can sit here. We can talk about cowboying. We can talk about God. Kenny Mack is a great love for the Lord. Man, we can talk about a lot of stuff. I got coffee. I ain't peed yet, so the seal hadn't been broken. So I'm good to go for a little while. You know, so I'm like, that's good. And about this time, about 540, you see these lights coming down the highway and turn in at the entrance. Kenny Mack's like, there's the boss right there. We'll be ready to go. He said, yeah, it must have been seven. So anyway, the boss comes up, and the boss pulls up, and he's like, get out, let's meet the, the head honcho. And I'm like, all right, so I get out, you know, and everything. And we walk up there, and the boss meets us. Kenny Mack sticks out his hand. He's like, good morning, Roger. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? He said, yeah, Kenny Mack, I did. What the heck are you doing? Kenny Mack said, well, you told me we were going to move those cows out of the bull pasture. He goes, oh, I forgot about that. We moved those the other day. He said, y'all go back home and go to bed. Kenny Mack's like, this is Kevin. He got up at 2.50 this morning. To... No, he didn't say that. <laughs> I was like, it ain't no big thing. It ain't no big thing. So anyway, I shook his hand, and we went back home, and oh, uh, we still beat everybody up, even when we got back home. No, we didn't. We, there, was a, there was a few people that were still uh, that were having breakfast. But what I'm trying to say is when, you're, when, when you really don't know what to do, a lot of times if you'll just watch and see what the boss is doing, you can have your answer. But how many of us, boy, we, we, we don't really know what to do, so we just stand around it and, and we don't do anything. Because in today's society, they have forgotten how just to watch who's ever in charge and just do what they do. Or if there's one person here and there's one person here, fill a gap. Get in between two cowboys and just participate. Uh, give something to whatever's trying to be accomplished. Make a hand. But no, today's society doesn't want to do that. Today's society, they just want, they just want the answer. Kind of like my son doing math. He's like, uh, Dad, I've got to do like 475 divided by 26, uh, and I'm not sure what the answer is. I said, well, figure it out. And he goes, is it four? I was like, no. He's like, five? No, Griffin, it's not five. Six? I'm like, you're not even trying. You just want me to give you the answer. He goes, it's working? No, it's not working. I'm sure my son's the only one that'll do that, right? You know? And how, how many times have we done this? You walk into a room, you're like, it ain't, it ain't worth it. Honey, where's my boots? Did you look for them? Yeah. Did you look in your closet? Maybe. Never mind, I found them. They were by the bed. I know I'm the only one that does it. We, we, we don't want to figure it out. We just want somebody to give us the answer. You know, and, and something else that, that people do is like, before they do something... They want to understand. Well, wait a minute. Before I start off on this, if you have never been in a strange place gathering cattle, let me explain it to you. You ride into this pasture that you've never been in. You don't know how big it is. You don't know how many canyons. You don't even know where the fences are or anything like that. And if you are lucky, the wagon boss or some, some form of him will say, hey, you're just going to go down here, stay between these two guys, and you're going to drop off this hill, and then you're going to just kind of be watching over here, and then you'll see everything. Okay, see you later. And everybody rides off and you're like, wait a minute, I don't understand. It don't matter if you understand or not. Just go do it. Because you know what? Understanding doesn't ensure a good job. But most of the time, a good job will lead to understanding. Everybody wants to understand it first. But you know what? There's some things that you won't understand until you get done. So why are we seeking the answer in understanding before we've even done it? And the third thing, complicated opinions are a result of studying this issue. Let me try that again. Complicated opinions are a result of studying the situation instead of doing it. We had this big talk. Uh, it was me and Abe and Kenny Mack and Kenny Mack's father-in-law, Kent, and everything about... And, and, and no offense, okay? I sure don't mean to step on any toes. 
But you know what? I, have, I was an ag major, and I have seen a lot of ag major graduates that ain't never gathered a horn in their life, but they'll tell you how to do it because they've studied it. You know, you got, and, and in the oil field, it's different. You got this old guy over here. He don't have the left side of his body because it's blown off, but he's been working in the oil field all of his life, and he's got this little, you know, 22-year-old college graduate with a petroleum engineering degree going to come tell him what he should be doing. It don't work. Complicated opinions are the result of a lot of time studying on a situation and very little time just actually going through with it. And then that what denominations are? Complicated opinions. Now, I'm not knocking any one domination. I'm really not. I'm like a Methabaptist Catholic of Mucca uh, something of God. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know. I thank God for all of them, but you know what? We need to get past just bickering over little bitty details. Little bitty details are the difference between all the denominations. We got such a buffet of denominations here. It's, it's fantastic, and it's a purely a result of the Holy Spirit working in all of our lives. Talk about complicated opinions. I was talking to, I heard there was a new cowboy church. So I did the neighborly thing, called this preacher up, and I was like, hey man, how's it going? I'm the cowboy preacher over here in Stockton. And he's like, yeah, what can I do for you? I was like, whoa, okay, <laughs> it's all right. You know, he, I'm not, maybe he's thinking I'm going to try to you know, tell him what to do or something. That wasn't going to be the case. I was just going to be neighborly. So I said, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. And he said, well, what do you want to know? And I was like, well, you know, did you, what's your connection to the cowboy culture? There was a long pause, and he said, my granddad had a farm, and I went there one time. And I was like, wow, that's your connection to the culture. You're going to speak their language just great. He said, well, so we started talking, and I was like, well, man, tell, tell me what your ministry is going to be like. You know, what, what's it going to look like? He said, well, we're going to have these ropings. I'm like, well, that's cool. You want to have you some, you know, tame ropings or something? He said, yep. And he said, and I'm going to do one thing. I'm driving down the road, right? And you can ask Christy this. I'm talking on my phone. I'm like, oh, really? You're going to teach these cowboys something? What are you going to teach these cowboys? Looking at Christy like, it's crazy. He said, I'm going to teach these cowboys that a Tennessee walker horse can outrope and do anything a quarter horse can do, and even better. <laughs> and I went, what, what time is this going to be? Can, can you send my email address is Kevin, K-E-V-I-N, because I want to see this. He goes, well, y'all y'all West Texas Cowboys, y'all just think the quarter horse is just all that. I'm going to show them that it's smoother, it's bigger, it's faster, it's stronger, it's more cowy. And I was like, well, that's not good. But, hello? Christmas? Beep. I'd had enough of that. But he had a complicated opinion. I don't think that man had ever team roped in his life. But boy, he sure had a strong opinion about it. And I said, man, I can just imagine going to a bunch of, a big old rope and, and him saying, let us bow our heads. Man, these cowboys are idiots because they think that a quarter horse can outrope. Oh, complicated opinions. Let them go. Simple answers. What, what would this world be like if we just watched somebody that knew what they were doing? If we just quit asking questions and we just started following their lead, and didn't attempt to understand the whole concept, and just did what we thought we should do by watching the boss. There are three things that Jesus told us to do in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Better off known as the Great Commission. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all men in all nations. That's number one. We talked about that last week. There are only disciples go to heaven, okay? There's not a back door. 
And he wasn't talking to just preachers when he said, therefore, go and make disciples of all men and all nations. He's talking to all of us. Ty was a great example of that. Sometimes you don't even have to say a word. Jesus' light shining through you will often do more than any words can. He said, go and make disciples of all men and all nations. And the second thing he said is, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the third thing he said was, teach them to obey what I've commanded. But you want to talk about complicated opinions? Let's talk about baptism for a second. Now, I know that we've got Methodists in here, we've got Catholics, we've got Baptists. I think we've even got a few Reformed atheists and agnostics in here. But if you want to talk about a complicated opinion, just ask some theologian what their opinion on baptism is, and I promise you, you will get 4,000 different answers about everything. But the main three is age, How old should you be when you're baptized? And the second thing is the method by which you are baptized. And the third thing is what is the significance of baptism. And I'm going to give you a simple answer to all three of those things. Number one, age. Now we have been saying, I have been leading up to this point the entire time about watching what the boss does. If you are unsure or somebody didn't give you specific, specific instructions, then all you have to do is watch the boss. And when we think about age, some denominations, they baptize infants and and others won't do it till an age of accountability. But you know what? I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that Jesus Christ, the Son of God himself, was 30 years old when he was baptized. Now, I am not knocking infant baptism or anything like that. I am not trying to cast doubt on any denomination or anything like that. But you know what? If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. He was 30 years old. He made the decision and John tried to talk him out of it. He goes to John the Baptist and he goes, hey, I want to be baptized. And John's like, you should be baptizing me. And Jesus said, no, no, no. This is the way it's got to be. So John gets over there and baptizes Jesus. And when Jesus comes up out of the water, God himself in the form of a dove descended and said, that is, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. If it's good enough for God, shouldn't it be good enough for us? Why do we make things difficult? The second thing, the method. Folks, Jesus was immersed. He was not sprinkled in the temple. He was immersed. Now, I am just telling you what Jesus did. If you're getting offended or you have other beliefs, you take it up with God, not me. For example, in John 3, 22 and 23, it says this, Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there baptizing people. Okay? Baptizing people. At this time, John the Baptist was baptizing at Anon near somewhere because there was plenty of water there. Why, why would the Bible say that there was plenty of water there? There was enough to dunk somebody in for total immersion. Folks, I, I, you know, I, I'm just telling you, I'm giving you a simple answer to a complicated issue. Jesus was 30 years old, and he was baptized by immersion. And the third thing, the significance of baptism. You know, there are denominations out there that you cannot be a member of a church if you, unless you have been baptized. They put a very, very high significance on, number one, baptizing somebody at the cage of, account, an, a cage, a cage of accountability. Age of accountability. You got to be old enough to make the decision for yourself and to know what that significance is. It means, let me tell you what baptism means. Everything and nothing. It means everything 
and nothing at all. How about this? Jesus said, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. If you think it means nothing, Jesus said, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. But what about this? For those that put too high of a significance on baptism, how about this? The thief on the cross wasn't baptized, was he? Sure wasn't. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, so if you're the Messiah, prove it by saving yourself and us too. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. So does that mean that if you haven't been baptized, that if you really don't want to, that you don't want to come up in front of the fellowship of the body of believers and get dunked in water? Maybe because you were done as an infant or as a child or something like that. Or maybe you're just making a bunch of excuses because you don't want to do it. And you say, well, the thief on the cross wasn't baptized. Well, you want a simple answer? How about this? Unless you're hanging on a cross with Jesus, you need to be baptized. Okay? Let's just keep it, let's just use the KISS method. Everybody know what that is? Keep it simple, silly. (laughs) Now, if you didn't get something out of that, amigos, you've either lost your mind, lost your way, or lost your sense of humor. Maybe all three. Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby again. You know, I just wanted to say thanks for y'all coming, sitting with us for a spell. If you'd like to find out more about Save the Cowboy, just type in savethecowboy.com into that fancy computer or smartphone of yours and you'll be riding with us faster than a catch a dog lined out on a maverick. And we'll see y'all next time. Adios. I'd like to thank my good friends at Integrity Auto Repair for their help in making this radio ministry possible. And their name says it all, Integrity Auto. If you're ever in Kiowa, Colorado, go by and see Jim and Kelly Gerald and tell them Save the Cowboy sent you.